Steve and Andy meet Batman, episode 13, The Bloody Tower. Alright, we are back for the conclusion of the Londinium Trilogy. The third Steve and Andy episode this week. This week, it's amazing. I feel like we've just recorded one. <laughs> I know, it's, it was so soon. We're on fire. We I are on fire. Do you think people are getting sick? Like, I mean, not sick of us but like physically sick because they can't handle all of it i would say yes they are because the londinium trilogy is that intense <laughs> yes. it was it, the story was so big and so epic it needed three episodes three 30 minute slots you couldn't contain this in one not even two it had to be three and they knew they couldn't put it together as one cohesive whole because they were thinking about releasing it theatrically as one full movie, and they did some test screenings and someone died out of excitement. <laughs> well, they submitted it to the uh, MPAA, and it got an, an X. Yeah, I know, it, an it, X rating. And, and you know, I don't, I don't blame the MPAA because it's pretty hardcore. It is. It's not, this episode's not for kids. It's not. <laughs> we, should, we, we, should, we should put a parental advisory on these episodes. And, and also on these episodes of Steve and Andy, because not only this week are we doing the Londinium Trilogy, we are also doing the Burt Ward Musical Trilogy. Wow. And we've saved the best for last. After we review the episode, we are going to be reviewing The Teenage Bill of Rights by Burt Ward. And it it's pretty stunning. It is. And you, and you know what? Um, it's, it's good that you mentioned that, because I was reading Variety today, Daily right. Variety. And you know how you're always hearing about, like, Billy Joel's songs are being turned into a Broadway play, uh, so-and-so's <laughs> songs. In the tradition of moving out in Mamma Mia, Teenage Biller writes, they're going to do all the Burt Ward songs into a new multi-million dollar Broadway musical extravaganza. <laughs> Starring Burt Ward himself, the boy one. I know. Song. he. At the end, I, I read that the climax will be him giving the Teenage Biller writes. It's going to open with him reading the letter and then deciding that there should be a Bill of Rights for teenagers. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Are you ready? Are, can you handle it? I don't know if I can handle it, but I, you know what? I'm going to try to. Let's do it. All right, we are on season three, episode 13. It's called The Bloody Tower, which, you know, kind of a... Isn't that a, a an offensive word in in England? Bloody? I mean, isn't that like the f word here? Hmm. Is it? I don't know. That's like it's <laughs> like calling it the f n tower. Imagine <laughs> if they did that. That would be awesome if that's what this episode was called. I wonder if they censored it in in the uh, UK at all. For our maybe, they uh, it, maybe maybe in the UK they called it the f n tower. <laughs> For our UK fans, let us know. Send us an email. Did they censor it? Is bloody even a bad word in the UK? I thought it was. And if it was, was it offensive? Because Watson hates to offend people. <laughs> yes, yeah, send us an email, please. Um, let, let us know. We, we're ignorant. We're ignorant. All of our knowledge of the UK comes from these three episodes. It does. I didn't even know the UK existed. All right, do you have any information about this episode? Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. Again, directed by... Oscar Rudolph, and written by Elkin Allen and Charles Hoffman, and its original air date, December 7th, 1967. This was Batman's Christmas present to us. And what a present it was. I know. We open with another jab about London weather being foggy all the time. 
It Charles never, Hoffman hates the British. It never ends. Uh, Batman and Robin, if you remember last time, they were trapped in Londinium Tower in some fog. But they've escaped, <laughs> luckily. I mean, and rather easily, apparently. Uh, Batman says, you know what? Let's stop messing around. Let's go to Fog Place. Let's end this now. We're on the last episode of the trilogy. Robin says that Batgirl is tied up in the dungeon. Alfred wants to be dropped off at his car that he borrowed, and he's been driving around Londinium. Why would he waste their time? At a time like this, Batgirl could be dying. The jewels could be being And he wants his damn car back. (laughs) What I want to know is, why can Bruce Wayne pack the entire Batcave and the Batmobile, but he can't pack Alfred a bike? No. A car, something. Something for Alfred to get around it. He wants Alfred to have a very difficult time getting around. He used to borrow a taxi cab. Do you think he was picking up people to drive him around (laughs) London and taking some money? I think he actually... He says that he borrowed the taxi cab, but actually he just applied to become a taxi cab driver in London. To get a little extra spending cash. Batman says, uh, why doesn't Robin just drive the Batmobile and uh, drop him and Alfred back at the cab and Alfred can drive him over? A logical idea, I guess. Uh, They go off and I see one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. On this show, which is saying something. It says a lot. And I'm gonna, but I know what you're talking about. I'll post a screen cap of it on the blog because it's that weird. Everyone needs to see this. It's dangerous. Alfred just, since the Batmobile is only seats two, Alfred just decides to uh, sit on the back in a really weird way with his like legs hanging over, just hanging on. It's, it's just really strange, and they drive off that way. For being such an old man, Alfred really, I mean... He hangs out on the back of the Batmobile. He he shimmies on 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 roofs of apartment buildings in Gotham. Slides down the bat pole for fun. I mean, I know. I mean, he can. I mean, he can really take a lot. But just the way he sat down on that, it's like he had done it thousands of times before. He, he probably has. Do you think at times like that, Batman? Because I should have made a three seater. You know what? I I bet Batman loves it. I bet he loves making. Uh, Alfred sit on the outside like that. Do you think when Batman drives and Alfred's sitting on the back, he does like real sharp turns, hoping <laughs> that Alfred will fall off? Just to mess with him? Absolutely, he does. So they drive off. Meanwhile, in Fog Place, Lord Fog goes down to the dungeon where Batgirl is tied up. He explains his plan, which another uh, supervillain mistake. Never explain your plan to Batgirl and or Batman and Robin. Never do it. It will always come back to bite you. Even if they're paralyzed. <laughs> well, she she wakes up from her paralysis. She has learned of his plan. But uh, Fog says it doesn't matter because I have these lethal fog pellets, which I plan to kill Batgirl with. He throws the pellets down. It starts to fog up in there. Is Batgirl dead? Uh, we, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, these are lethal fog pellets. We cut to the opening scene. And by this time, the suspense was killing me. I couldn't handle it. I thought it was killing me so much that I actually thought someone threw lethal fog pellets into the room. Outside of Fog Place, we see Robin has arrived a little bit earlier than Batman and Robin. Or, I'm sorry, a little bit <laughs> Batman earlier and Alfred. than Batman and Alfred. He climbs the gate and runs up the driveway, but he's been spotted by one of Fog's servants who calls Lord Fog to warn him. Fogg sends out Lady Prudence, who, if you don't remember, is Lord Fogg and Lady Penelope's niece. Kind of a worthless character, if you ask me. She really served her. Yeah, really. 
Yeah, really, she doesn't really do anything other than talk to Robin. Yeah, they don't need her at all. So he sends her out, deal with Robin. Outside, as Robin is walking up to the mansion, he trips on a wire, which... And, and another really bizarre moment. It opens up this really goofy-looking beehive. I thought it was a joke at first. Like, this little... I did, too. I thought it was like a, like a toy. This little bee pops out. And I thought, well, oh, it's a fake was, bee. The fakest-looking bee I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. it was life. supposed to be a real bee, and it flies over and lands on Robin's hand. It's really weird. And um, it's not just any bee. It's the African death bee. It's the queen. Back outside the gate, Batman's finally arrived. He also climbs in. For being such a great crime fighter and detective, he's a, he's a horrible sneak. After he climbs the gate, he he looks around while he's inside just to make sure anyone who didn't spot him before spots him now. And of course, Lord Fogg's servant sees him. He calls Lord Fogg. Back in the dungeon, Fogg goes to check out how Batgirl's doing. I guess he wants to see her dead corpse down there. I don't know. That she is. But she's not dead. The death Fogg pellets were apparently stale. That'll happen. That'll that'll happen. I know. know. What I always say: if you are a supervillain, always check the expiration date on your death pellets. What have you? I mean, it's it's good to check. Keep them fresh. It is. It really is. I I would never buy in bulk. Buy when you know you're going to use. That's true. But lady, use them and, and and they're expired. You're caught with your pants down. And, and and he was, he was. It was a little embarrassing, a little humiliating. Now let's, let's replay this episode. He had fog used fresh death pellets. Which he should have. He should have checked. Batgirl would be dead right now. She would. End of series. Fog exactly. wins. He is king. But no. King of the world. But no, he didn't check. Uh, Pea Soup says, look, I got some, a fresh batch I just made up. Let's go get him. Uh, Fog kind of taking his time, and Pea Soup says, shouldn't we hurry up? Because, uh, you know, we've got Batman outside, we've got Robin outside. Fog says, no. I'm not worried. The bees are going to take care of Robin. My goons are going to take care of Batman. Pea Soup points out, look, the goons couldn't take care of Batman last time, or any other time. What's different? Fog says, I gave my goons a stern talking to that always works. Another classic villain mistake. Never leave anything up to your goons. They will mess it up somehow. No matter how many stern talks you give them. <laughs> no stern talking is stern enough to that, set your it's goons not. straight. It's, uh, They're goons for a reason. <laughs> Fog gets a call. Of course, Batman got past the goons. Um, and he's coming in right now. Fog's like, God, I should have known. So he grabs some jewels. Actually, he grabs some of the fresh uh, death fog pellets that he had laying around. They were just laying out there amongst the other valuables. It's like in a candy bowl. You walk in, <laughs> you, walk, you walk in, and you oh, some hard candy. And you pop one here, and he's like, "No, that's a death pellet." How how often do you think that happens? If anyone out there is happens to go to Fog Place, anyone out there is a fan. Of lawns, and I know Lord Fogg has a nice lawn. lawn in city of London. If you're ever over there touring the grounds, checking out the judo room, 
don't eat the candy because it's probably death fog pellets. And yeah, they're probably stale, but... <laughs> it probably won't kill you, but it'll probably give you bad indigestion. Don't risk it. Don't risk it. So Fog sneaks out. Batman sneaks in. He goes down to the dungeon to check on Batgirl. He's walking really weird. He's like shifting around. It's really strange. I think that last episode he had his memory restored. I think that messed him up a little bit. He forgot how to walk. Uh, as he's walking down the stairs, Fog sneaks up behind him. Batgirl warns Batman, but it's way too late because Fog pushes him down the stairs. He throws the fresh pellets down and locks the dungeon door. I, so I guess Batman and Batgirl are dead, right? Yeah, I thought this was going to be the end of the episode. I was like, <laughs> wow, I can't believe they end the series. Well, they don't end the series because I know there's episodes after. Who, who's the star? Commissioner Gordon? Alfred? It should be. I think Commissioner hey. Gordon and O'Hara should take the mantle of Batgirl and Batman, respectively. No, I want to see Gus. <laughs> Gus in every episode. Gus the corner man. Just then, Prudent shows up. Of course, she has Robin. He's been stung. Uh, and he's, he's been stung by the, the death bee, I guess, and he's about to die. Um, P-Soup says something really weird, I think. She says, well, since he's about to die in like five minutes, take him up to the girl's dorm. Let him die there. What? Why? What? What's happening in the girl's dorm with dead bodies? Of Robin. I didn't, you, I didn't know either. You know they're all infatuated with Robin. Why let him die? What is... what? What's gonna go on? Because she just... knows that not only is he dying, but the worst thing for him that would drive him up the wall <laughs> are all these hot Robin. young girls all over him and him not being able to do anything about it. Back outside Fog Place, we see Alfred, and he's busting through the gate. Batman and Robin weren't able to open the gate. They had to climb over, but no, Alfred could just bust right through. Well, he rides, he rides saddle on, you know, like side saddle on the Batmobile. He can do whatever he wants. You know he's strong for an old man. So he just walks casually up the drive to the mansion. Um, then we get another really bizarre scene in Watson's office. Aunt Harriet is there. Apparently she's been cruising around, uh... The North Pacific, or the North Atlantic, I guess. Um, she's looking for Bruce and Dick. Gordon says, you know, we haven't haven't seen them in a while. They're very busy. So she just leaves. She's like, all right, I guess I'll be in my hotel room. So she just leaves. Really did you strange. Notice, did you notice the very, very bizarre... What's in that? Joke, very bizarre in-joke about various museums that Gordon and Watson had? <laughs> <laughs> Gordon was like... Dick's been visiting the various museums they have in Londinium. And Watson was like, yes, we have various museums. And they had, like, a bizarre laugh and kind of looked at each other. Do you think these are maybe, like, you know, like, adult museums, I guess I should I say? Like, it's weird, though. I was like, what's was going weird. on between these two? Did you also notice the uh, sparks, sort of, between Watson and Aunt Harriet? I did. Has she found love? Found love abroad? You know what I was thinking? Actually, it's too dirty for this podcast. Maybe she has found love overseas, but it's never resolved. Just a, a filler. They had to fill it up. They had to fill up three episodes, so they put that in there. This is the last appearance of Anne Harriet in the series. Yeah, that's true. And and for all we know, she's still sitting in that Londinium hotel waiting for Bruce and Dick, <laughs> and they never come back. But you uh, know who does come for? Watson, and they get married. Fan fiction time. Oh my god. 
Back in the dungeon, Batman is spraying some anti-lethal fog bat spray. And, of course, all the fog goes away. They don't die. Lucky he had that on him, really. Well, he says he never goes anywhere without it. So the fog is gone, but Batgirl's still chained up. Another really weird moment when Batman gets out the bat file and starts to file away Batgirl's chains. Did you notice this? It was, like, oddly sexual, the way he was doing it and the way they were looking at each other. Did you notice that? I'm afraid I didn't. I'm going really? to go back. I'm going to have to go back and watch it, I guess. Go back and watch that and let me know what you think. Okay. I, that really stood out to me. I was like, this is really... It was a little uncomfortable to me, to be honest. Go back and watch it. Let me know what you I will. Think. I will. Uh, back in the dorm. Uh, we see Robin. And he's not dead. We learn that... Um, he had an African death bee antidote pill, which he took, and it, he survived the... It was his last one. It was his last one. So you think he's used more? Is this a I big problem? He, I, think he, I think he's addicted to it. <laughs> of course, the girls are all over him. They can't keep their hands off of him. But he's not having any of it, and he tries to escape. I mean, can you blame him? Yes, I do blame him, actually. Downstairs, Alfred's sneaking around. He overhears Fog and Pea Soup talking. They're explaining in detail all of their plans. Another classic mistake. This is like classic mistake number three. And you know, three strikes, you're out, Lord Fog. And he is out. You don't explain your plans. She already knows the plans. Don't explain them. Someone might overhear, and Alfred does. He runs outside, calls up Gordon on the Batmobile bat phone. Another invention of Alfred's, by the way. The the car phone. Way ahead of his time, really. He is. But just then, Prudence comes in. She tells him that Robin has escaped. They're like, alright, let's just go to Tower Londinium right now. Let's do what we should have done a long time ago. So they race off. Back in the dungeon. Batman and Batgirl. They're still trapped down there. Another really weird scene. Um, Batman uses this Indian rope trick where he like says this Hindi phrase and it makes the rope rise up as if it were a snake. Sort of, it's like a snake charmer. Is no, it I didn't. Magic? I don't. I was I was wondering when did Batman become a mystic? I don't know, but Barbara says, "Well, nice use of your yoga power." And to which Batman responds, why don't you shut up, let's climb this roof and get out of here. <laughs> I couldn't believe you, like, shut her up. After that intimate moment they had just a few minutes earlier. Batman now feels he doesn't have to be nice to her. <laughs> so they escape the dungeon. Uh, once they're out, they meet up with Robin. Um, Robin tells him, look, they're going to go to Londinium Tower, they're going to steal these jewels. But they can't make it in time. Lord Fogg's already left. So Robin, I, and I thought he was joking, he's like, well, do you have any more Indian tricks for that one? We cut to the tower. <laughs> Lord Fogg is there. And this time there are actual guards guarding the jewels. Uh, look, they tell Fogg, you know, the tower's closed, you, you gotta leave. Of course, Fogg's not having any of it. He was almost the king of Londonian fashion. He's not gonna let these guards tell him what to do. So he starts to attack one of the guards, but wait! Two other guards are there, and they are none other 
then Batman and Robin. And I, and you know how these guards look with um you see the stereotypical Yeah, yeah. They have the big hats. They look really goofy. Batman and Robin in full garb. First of all, where did they get this garb? They're wearing it. I love how whenever Batman and Robin put on other clothes, they just put it directly over their suits. <laughs> So Batman and Robin are there. Apparently, they actually used some Indian magic to get there before Lord Fogg. And don't ask what, because I have no idea. Were they planning on introducing Zatanna into the show or something? <laughs> I'm confused. I don't They never had magic like this in any of the other episodes. All of a sudden, Batman has magic powers. And why didn't he use it all the time? Apparently, it's like teleportation or something. He should be using this all the time. Maybe that's how we got inside the egg. Ah, oh, that's oh, a good thought. Egg, I never thought of that. Egghead episode. We're referencing the Egghead episode a lot. Well, I I have referenced that in life daily. <laughs> so, of course, a fight breaks out. We see some sword action. Robin is spanking one of the goons with the sword. <laughs> that's all that has to be said about that. <laughs> Lord Fogg and Pea Soup are about to escape when Batgirl shows up to stop them. Fogg, of course, lights up his pipe. He he's addicted. He loves to toke. He loves to wake and bake. Whenever he gets in any kind of trouble, his one solution is to smoke. Really, Lord Fogg, y- you need Lord, help. Lord Fogg once said, "It's always four twenty somewhere." <laughs> but as the smoke comes out, we see it starts going back into the pipe. Batman has used his pipe fog bat reversal ray. Gordon and Watson show up. Uh, Watson looks around, kind of assesses the situation, and he calls it a jolly little bean fest. I have no idea what that means. Well, Robin was spanking a guard with a sword. (laughs) Uh, So, of course, they arrest everyone. Watson says, take them to the tombs. He's going to kill them. He's going to have them shot and buried. Because he doesn't want to offend anyone. He's just going to kill them, make make sure it doesn't hit the news, and just bury them in tombs. Really weird. So, Watson invites Batman and Robin back to the office for a cup of char, which apparently means tea. Which I think they made up. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's true. It's probably... I I have no idea whether that's actually what they call tea in London or not. It's definitely what they call tea in Londinium. Let's put it that's that true. That's true. I Again, that. to our UK listeners, do you call tea char? Do you say, let's get a cup of char? And would you share a cup of char with Batman and Robin? Later, back in Gotham, Gordon's on the phone with the president. Um, I wasn't sure exactly what this is about. Because Gordon asked if the president's grandson is doing okay. Yeah, L- did LBJ have a grandson that was really famous or something like that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I've because never heard of that. The he president should ask about his dog or something. <laughs> the president at the time was Lyndon B. Johnson. And, if, and, and we know that Gordon is a huge Democrat. He loved LBJ. Yeah, he was a big LBJ fan. Because you could hear him sucking up. You could hear him saying, oh, how's your grandson doing? Oh, you know. What's going on? Uh, uh, LBJ says, put Batman on the phone. Batman gets on the phone, and he gets invited to a barbecue in Texas. And Batman turns it down. He turns it down, because we all know Batman is a strict Republican. He voted for Nixon 
He's a vigilante. He would have to be. Maybe Batman just didn't want to get political. He didn't want to endorse a political candidate. I could see that. I could see that. Batman is a political figure. I mean, a public figure. A public How would this have made Gordon feel? Okay. We know that Gordon, two episodes ago, was saying, oh, yeah, Mr. President, I w- I'll help out. I'll go to London. And the president says, no, 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 no. Give me Batman. That, that probably made Gordon feel pretty bad. Yeah. How did this make Gordon feel? The president invites Batman to a barbecue right in front of Gordon, and he doesn't invite Gordon. And Batman turns it down, almost like rubbing it into Gordon's face. That is why Batman turned it down. It's like, oh no, 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 I'm too busy. Click. Exactly. Man, I'm not, I'm I'm too important to go to your barbecue. <laughs> and Gordon's like, I'll go. And the, and the president's, oh, I'm I'm breaking up here. I gotta go by. Yeah. Click. I can't hear you. <laughs> Just then, Gordon's secretary buzzes in. She says, a feline character just came in and stole some new policewoman's mini uniforms that Gordon was about to approve. And we know Gordon would approve of mini oh, yeah. policewoman uniforms. Mini skirts, yes. He's a, <laughs> he is a leg man. <laughs> Batman and Robin go out to investigate, and they see Catwoman escape in the elevator. And that is the end. Of the Londinium trilogy. Overall, a really great trilogy, I thought. It was entertaining. It did have some filler in there. But overall, pretty fun. A good ep- good episode. Um, I would have liked to see them actually go to London to film this episode. Because they obviously filmed it in and around L.A. There was no fog. And I know. And if there were fog, then you would know it was uh, London. I wanted to see Batman up on the real London Bridge in the real Tower of London fighting criminals. I wanted to see that, and we didn't get I, wa- I wanted to see Batman and Robin meeting the Rolling Stones. <laughs> they cut that scene out. They cut Shaking that- Brian Jones's hand. You know, they cut that scene out for in, in favor of the Aunt Harriet scene. <laughs> I, I know. It I know. came Look, down to that. Looking back, that was a mistake, but at the time they were like, <laughs> Like, 50 years from now, 40 years from now, no one will know who the Rolling Stones are. It'll We'll, we'll date ourselves badly by doing this. <laughs> but Aunt Harriet is timeless. Yeah, she will be a timeless character that they'll remember 40 years from today. This Mick Jagger fella, he's a fad. All right. And this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We're finally done talking about the Londinium trilogy. It's It was a really great episode, but I know... You've all been waiting to hear Burt Ward's Teenage Bill of Rights. You've been waiting for it, and we're going to give it to you. It's going to be up on the podcast feed and up for download, but we're going to listen to it right now. We're premiering it here. That's right, because it wasn't on the single. It's kind of hard to find, but... Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was unreleased. So are you ready, Andy? I don't know if I... I don't know if I, I can be ready, but I... I just throw it at me. All right. Throw it at me. Here we go. Fellow teenagers of these United States, it's time we got together and set the record straight. The spotlight of publicity is on the bad kid and the hood. You seldom hear or read about the thousands that are good. I don't say we should march all day or picket every night. I simply propose the following, a teenage bill of rights. Nothing we do should go unnoticed. 
not even the smallest need. And no one should even question our color, race, or creed. Two, we should be recognized as leaders of tomorrow in just a small minority who go on causing sorrow. That's the strength we need to open any door. Oh. We want the right to listen, the right to disagree. After all, in your Bill of Rights, it says all men are free. Five. Well, let us think for ourselves, to have a mind of our own. The day may not be too far off when we'll have to stand alone. Again, our sons, when they are 18, will not be fighting men. Seven. We'll work our heads off every day and every night. Just give us what we ask for in our teenage bill of rights. We only ask for seven, but we know that you have ten. But should we need the other three, you'll hear from us again. What a powerful song. That is a powerful song. Really? I mean, it, I'm not surprised they didn't release it. On, on I know, it's too revolutionary. I know, they, they, they laid it down, they listened back to it, and they thought, this could be dangerous. We can't go releasing this. No, that's true. It's impossible. So I should point out, these are not exactly a Bill of Rights as much as it is a list of demands there, these none of these are actually rights i mean they're more more or less demands and uh, also bert seems to be a little uh, misinformed about the actual bill of rights because it applies to teenagers too it's just not like it's the adult bill of rights it's it's the bill of rights Ugh. but he wants one just for teenagers that's it's true. just that simple so once you turn 20 you no longer get any of these demands met. That's you're no, done. No. You're done. You, you are done. <laughs> what I what I find funny though is that he only has seven of them, and it's a little lazy. I think he, they started out. The teenagers got together with Burt Ward. They said, "Let's write down our list of demands. We'll call them the Bill of Rights, the Teenage Bill of Rights. You'll do a song about it with Frank Zappa." And they got like to seven, and by that time they were all tired they were playing their video games playing their atari they got distracted and they're like yeah we're done we don't need any more right so (laughs) let's just go down the seven let's i i got them all down here let's let's go down the list first of all the reason that uh bert said they want the bill of rights because he said the spotlight uh, on on the teenagers is all on the hood (laughs) he actually said that he's like the spotlight's it's too focused on the hood Okay, okay. I guess so. He he he's right though. It is all on the hood. He said, you know, we don't want to waste our time marching all day long 
or picketing. Again, lazy. If you want to get something done in America, you march. You gotta march. Our uh, word does not agree. <laughs> so, number one, he says nothing we do should go unnoticed. He wants every positive action every teenager makes in America to be on the news. That's a lofty demand. That is, it really is. Does he know the process? You can't just write a song. I, I think Burt Ward legitimately thought, I can write this song, and LBJ <laughs> is going to just take the Constitution out of the National Archives, get his pen out, and just scribble it in there at the bottom. It doesn't work No, that no, number. not at the bottom, at the top. <laughs> That's right. Over the old Bill of Rights. Exactly. Uh, number two. That he wants teenagers to be recognized as leaders of tomorrow. Okay, I don't know that they're not recognized now, but... Number three, he wants parents to have to... to he wants parents to be forced to love teenagers more. More than babies? <laughs> more than more, what? <laughs> more than they already do now. Okay. Bert's parents must hate him. And he's like, all right, you hate me? You know what? It's going to be national law that you have to love me You have me to more. love me more. That's kind of a sad law, but okay. Um, number four. He wants the right to disagree. And the reason he wants this. Uh, first of all, you have the right to disagree, Bert. Because it's in, it's in the Bill of Rights already. Number five. They want to have a mind of their own. And, and, see, and you can tell at this point they were getting lazy because that's basically what number four is. Uh, number six, actually, was... Uh, he wanted, basically, he's like, look, if we got to go to Vietnam right now, we don't want our children to have to go also, basically. It's, uh, that one was a little weird. That's what I got out of that one. Basically, end the draft. That's what Bert's saying. And number seven isn't even a demand at all. It's just give us the bills that we ask for. Uh, it's it's not. It's it's just the demand adopt this. You could tell they were getting lazy by that point. They were. I mean, you could tell. And and then at the end, he he says something like, "All right, we've only done seven, but we're gonna leave the other three open in case we gotta add more." Fascism. That is. So he's basically saying, at any time, I'm gonna come up with three more Bill of Rights, and, and, the, and I and, want. Teenage Bill of Rights. You know what number eight's going to be? Make Burt Ward King of America. So this was never released, um, but you can download it. It'll be on the podcast feed along with all the other songs, all three of them. And uh, it'll also be up on the blog. And uh, enjoy it is all I have to say. I know you will enjoy it. So check it out on our blog, stevenandy.blogspot.com. And it's been recently updated. It looks a lot better now. Um, and we're going to start posting new things on it. Andy's going to start writing actual articles. So will I. So it's not just going to be like it was with the... Um, it used to just be basically the posts were the episodes. But now there's going to be more information. More Batman-related stuff. Because I know you guys can't get enough of Batman. You can. It's impossible. So go to the blog, stephenandy.blogspot.com. You can also email us your questions. Maybe you have... 
8, 9, and 10 of the Teenage Bill of Rights, and you want to send it to us, let us know about it. Um, Steve and Andy at gmail.com. Also, we're going to be doing a new segment starting next week um, where we're going to be... Because we do this show on Skype. I'm in West Lafayette. Andy's in Columbus. So since we thought since we're on the internet anyways, we should just call people up and just talk to them. So if you want us to call you up, if you have anything you want to say directly to us, let us know. Email us. We'll set up a time. It really, it, we'll work out a time. Don't, don't yeah, worry yeah. about where you live. We'll work out a time. And we'll call you on Skype. And it'll be free for you. And we can call your cell phone or whatever. And uh, we'll talk to you for a little bit. And we'll put it on the show. It's like Steve and Andy meet the listeners. So it's, That's what you, the segment will be called. Steve and Andy meet the listeners. And I think it would be cool to do. I think it would be a lot yeah. of fun. See and, what they have uh, to say. Hear what they have to say, not see what they have to say. Yeah, Hear what yeah. They have to say. So email is one thing, but if you want to actually talk to us, we'll talk about anything. It doesn't have to what be if they, what if, related. What if the first listener we call demands a listener's bill of rights? We might be forced to give it to him. If he's, only if he talks it out over like dramatic-sounding music. So yeah, it's email us. You can send us regular emails still if you're too shy to have us call you. Pretty nice guys, I think. I yeah. like write us iTunes reviews. We we need more because it helps people find the show, and it and, and you know it's 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 good. It, when you write good reviews, it, other people will find the show. They'll subscribe, and we're try, always trying to get more listeners. So, yeah. write us an iTunes review. Yeah. So visit us at stevenandy.blogspot.com. Right. Write an iTunes review. Send right. us email. Right. And if you want us to call, let us know. We'll do it. We will call anyone. Next week, we're going to be doing a special episode. Yeah, we, we, we won't be watching the Batman show. We're going to put it on hold for one week, yeah. We'll be watching three shorts of the classic 1968 filmation Batman with Robin the Boy Wonder series. And let me tell you, they are really good. They're really good. I love the Riddler's voice. Thanks for listening. Another great show, a great week of shows. Great week of shows, it really was. Stay tuned next week, where, where we will be talking to a fan, hopefully, and we will be watching some cartoons. It's gonna exactly. be fun. And be I will talk to you next week. Yeah, I'll talk to you later, Steve. See ya. See you.